Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, that it's going before us. And Lord, you have good things already prepared for your children. Today, Lord, let us lift up holy hands to you, Lord. Let us open our, our hands, our hearts to you today to receive all that you have for us, Lord. Let us worship you in spirit and truth. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Yes, Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. How many of you remember the day the Lord saved your soul? <laughs> Don't forget it.
Praise back to Him. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I'm not demeaning the, the, uh, the, the, the thing you're going through. It may be real, but so is the Lord Jesus Christ. It may be a big issue, but He is greater. He's worthy of it all. If He's worthy of you to call on His name, and He is, when we're in trouble, we call on His name. He's worthy to be praised. Even in the valley, He's worthy to be praised. If you begin to praise Him in your darkest hour, then your focus is not on what you're going through, but who's taking you through it. I want us to sing this one more time this morning, and I want you to lift your voice. I want you to forget about what's going on tomorrow, what may be going on later today, and just let Him know, Lord, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of the very hands that I'm lifting to you. You're worthy of the breath that I'm, I'm giving back to you. Lord, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. Let's sing this one more time. Hallelujah. You're worthy of it all. Glory. 
just the people Lord but sometimes we don't magnify your name and honor and glorify your name as we should Lord you're worthy of everything Lord all of our praise all of our energy all of our talent all of our gift everything that you blessed us with you're worthy of it all Lord we praise you in this place we give you the glory and the honor and we thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We lift up your name and magnify you. Sanctify your name. We sanctify your name today, Lord. Set your name apart. We give you the praise and honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We're going to receive tithe and offering at this time. And uh, if you have something to bring, do so. He's worthy of it. from it. Uh, good to see you this morning. Glad you're here. I pray that all of you stay and eat spaghetti. If you can't stay, um, you, if you take some with you, take it to go plate. Come back tonight ready to eat the Word. Um, it's been a, a great week, a long week, an exciting week, a scary week, uh, uh, all the things that you can imagine to say it's been it, but praise God we're still here and we're still standing. I know that uh, it's been a long time since I led worship. I told him this morning, I said, I'm not hope, uh, I just go on the fly, so follow along. <laughs> 
and I never start on time or come in the right place, and, uh, but it's all right. Um, yep, he knows I, I have no clue what I'm doing, so I just uh, thank God that he desires to use me anyway. Speaking of using us, this morning I'll be ministering on this very topic. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. How many of you know that, that he does not uh, uh, call the qualified? He qualifies the called. Thank God for that because I was most certainly not qualified to minister the gospel. I most certainly was not qualified. I still feel very underqualified to be a pastor. But praise God that he's called me to do so and he's given us that measure of grace. And if it weren't for that, I can guarantee you 100% I wouldn't be standing right here. But God is faithful and sometimes we often wonder, who does he call, how does he use us, who will he use? And there are no uh, stipulations, it's whosoever will. And uh, we know that the Bible tells us, whosoever shall believe on the Lord shall be saved. They should call on his name, they're going to be saved. Those whosoever's, there's no stipulations. And in fact, he'll use you if you'll just make yourself available. If you go back through the Bible and you begin to study the word of God, you will find that Noah, uh, he used Noah, we know that, but Noah got drunk. He wasn't a drunk, but he got drunk. Uh, Abraham was old. Uh, Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob lied. Leah was uh, not so good looking, not fair to look at. I guess if you want to use the word ugly. Uh, Joseph was abused, and Moses stuttered. Couldn't speak very well, so Lord sent him an Aaron, and, and sent Aaron, and Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and he was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy thought they were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Uh, please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Jonah, he ran from God. Naomi was a widow, Job went bankrupt, Peter denied Christ, the disciples fell asleep while Christ was playing, Martha worried about everything, the Samaritan woman was divorced more than one time, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, Paul was too religious, Timothy had an ulcer, and Lazarus was dead. Don't think that God can't use you. He can use anybody. All we have to do is make ourselves available. And if he has a call on your life, I promise you that if you'll make yourself available, you will be absolutely amazed at what he does through you, if you'll make yourself available. So this morning, before we dig in, I want you to join with me and pray, but I want you to ask the Lord to remove any doubt, worry, fear from your life, and that you will just focus and hear from him today. And that you will respond, Lord, let me respond to your drawing, however that may be. Lord, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. The only way we can, the only way I know how. And I praise you for your anointing that's in this place. I praise you for your presence that's in this place. And I pray that this morning you would anoint our ear to hear your word. Lord, our heart to receive it. Lord, I ask for your anointing to rightfully divide your word. Lord, we pray that all distraction be removed. Lord, those that are being called and drawn by you, Lord, let them... 
uh, uh, find that strength to stand up and to walk in that calling and walk in that gift that you've called them to do. Lord, I pray today that you would just move in this place mightily. Those that are sick would be healed. Those that are just distraught, they would find peace and comfort in you. Lord, we praise you for what you're doing. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. While you're, uh, you can turn in your word to Galatians chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. But I was, uh, we were talking a while back, and I remember my dad mentioning this. And, uh, and, and, and before refrigerators were, were uh, a thing in the house, uh, he, would, he was talking about my, my grandma. If you don't know what grandma is, that's grandmother or, or whatever. But grandma, it was grandma to me. I didn't know my grandma's name until I was about high school. I didn't know what her real name was. I just thought it was grandma. Um, and I was shocked to find out her name was Susan Ella. <laughs> Have a name? I mean, but anyway, that has nothing to do with any of it. But uh, she would tell him about how they would keep things cool, how they would keep things uh, cold. And uh, before they came, they used ice houses, or some people would have holes dug, and they would bring chunks of ice in and put those on those product, whatever they may be, and they would cover those product with sawdust. And, and, and those that had a door, uh, they would go in, they would keep them, it was a tightly fitted door, and they would, they would keep those things frozen. Some, some uh, uh, I guess up north, they would cut chunks of ice out of the river or lakes, and they would put on those and cover them with sawdust, and it would last well into the summer. But there's a story of a time that a man had lost his uh, valuable watch during the, the process and they looked frantically for this watch. It meant more than anything to him. It really was more sentimental than it was uh, a physical value. But he couldn't find it anywhere. They opened the door. They searched frantically through all the sawdust. They, they, they removed all of that, looked through the ice. They pulled all that off, and they couldn't find it anywhere. And the little boy was outside, and he heard them talking about it. And after all of them left, after all of them went their way because they were disgusted, they couldn't do it, this little boy went in and he closed the door and he sat and he was quiet on top of the sawdust and he listened and he heard the ticking of the watch. And he came running out and he was screaming and yelling, I've got the watch. And they wanted to know, how did you find it? He said, I was quiet and I waited and I listened. And I want to tell you that this morning there are many people that desire to be used by the Lord and they want to find what He's calling them to do, but in their frantic search they have missed it or are missing it because it's what they want. And if we'll be still and we'll be quiet and we'll listen and we'll wait on the Lord, I promise you, even if it's 17 years later, that was mine in summer, His timing is perfect. In Galatians, uh, Summer and I, is no secret, we're teaching a Bible study in the book of Galatians. We're almost through it. We're beginning chapter 6. Uh, Lord willing, this Tuesday, we'll see. But beginning in, in, in uh, this Bible study, when you teach a Bible study, you'll find that it does you way more good than you would ever realize. <laughs> really, you're teaching, the Lord's teaching you and, and speaking to you and changing things in you. And I encourage you, couples in here, or friends, or whatever, study the Word of God and, 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 and start a Bible study with your spouse, especially if you're married. There's more important things to do than uh, just going and eating and talking about the day and what bills are coming up. 
If you begin to study the Word together and, and have a Bible study together, you'll be amazed. I, I, I desperately, uh, uh, I don't know if that word is correct, but I don't like the fact that Summer and I waited 22 years to teach a Bible study together. There'll be more, I promise, coming. But anyway, in Galatians, Paul is writing a letter, and he's writing to, obviously, the church of Galatia, and we've been going through this study, but I want to take back to, to verse, uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, and he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the call, really, that was in his life, and he's talking about the things that, he, that pleases the Lord, but also what the Lord has done through a man that persecuted, that, that had Christians uh, locked up and stoned and beaten and everything else, what the Lord would do through somebody who would surrender and listen to the call of God. Beginning of verse 15 says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, to reveal His Son in me, my God, right there, do you know that's what He desires to do to you, in you, through you today? That I might not entertain, that I might not uh, yell and scream, that I might not uh, think about, but that I might preach Him among the heathen. Immediately I confer not with flesh and blood. Paul is saying, I know that I know. I know He called me. I know what he placed in my heart. I don't need a man to validate what he's put in me. Verse 17, Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia, into Arabia, and returned again unto Damascus. There's a time in your life that you will spend contemplating what God's called you to do. Whether it be to lead worship, be a youth pastor, uh, evangelize, just uh, anything, uh, to be a witness. Because, you know, Lord, I don't, if the Lord lays on your heart uh, today, while you're out eating, uh, you need to talk to this person. You're like, you sure about this? <laughs> I don't really want to interrupt their meal. If the Lord has called you, and you'll know it, you feel like you're about to vomit, you get all nervous and sweaty, and you're like, oh, Lord Jesus, please, not here, not now. And he's already prepared the person's heart. So there's a time that you will spend contemplating, but there's also a time that you'll spend that the Lord will make sure that you are absolutely reassured of what he's calling you to do. Verse 18, Then after three years went I up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Sicilia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. A lot of people like to talk about people and they don't even know who they're talking about because it's just a reputation. Reputation and character are two totally different things. Paul had a reputation, but the character, God changes that, will change the reputation in your life. There are a lot of people that are living off a of reputation and their character's horrible. But Paul says, and he starts out, it, it pleased God who separated me 
from my mother's womb. God had a purpose and a plan for Paul. God has a purpose and a plan for you. He had a purpose and a plan and still does for myself. For anyone who's watching or will watch, God has a plan and a purpose for you. And the purpose we talked about a little last week, the purpose of the gospel is for us to be changed, that are saved to be changed. The purpose is for those that don't know Christ, that there has been a plan and a way of salvation made for you. The purpose is for you to receive that so that you won't spend eternity in hell. It don't mean that he had a, a predestined form. He had a predestined thing that he would be. Because God never, never uh, does God take that free will from people. God doesn't violate your personal will to enforce his will. We'll choose or we will reject. It was predestined that man should not spend eternity in hell. He don't want anyone to go there. But we choose to go there. While some things definitely are, are predestined, the return of Christ, the redemption plan, he, he never in this process does God violate man's free moral agency of being an individual to choose what you do or do not. How many of you he made get up, get ready, and come to church this morning? There's some people who may have given in to the thing that I just ain't going to make it or I ain't going to go. Obviously, there's a lot of people that ain't here. But we choose to do or we choose to not do. So God has a purpose in regards to men from their very birth. He's placed talents and gifts in people from very from the birth of the mother's womb. He's placed that in us. Whether we use that for God's glory or not, is what, that's our choice. There are musicians that are absolutely gifted from God that aren't using that gift to glorify God. There are people with vocal abilities far beyond mine that are not using those vocal abilities to glorify God, but they were definitely God-given. So God has a purpose for everyone, giving our talents uh, uh, for, for what? For the importance of working to bring in the harvest. But some of those talents, some of those gifts are being used to trample the harvest. To destroy the harvest. How many of us are like Paul? We have been called from a life of sin to serve God. All of us should be raising our hands. That's me. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for, for calling me out of the grave. And, and for me responding to come running out of that grave. So I want, uh, it wasn't by chance that, that Paul was extremely educated. It wasn't by chance that he was extremely uh, knowledgeable of the Word of God. It wasn't by chance that he was well versed in the traditions of man. It wasn't by chance that all of this happened in his life when he was known as Saul. It was by purpose and plan, but now God is taking that education and really educating him. He's taking that learning of the, of the diversities in people or the, 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 the uh, law to the, to the latter. He's taking that knowledge and using it for His glory. Don't you know that God will turn all things around? That He will use all things for good that to glorify His name. What you've experienced in life, what you've went through, it may be hell on earth, but whatever it has been, 
can and will be used to bring glory and honor to Him. I say it all the time. You want to get a conversation started? Tell somebody, I was raised from the dead. What? You were literally, spiritually dead before Christ. So when you said yes to Jesus, He quickened us. He made us alive. You were my friends and raised from the dead. So he had been there. He had experienced Paul. In fact, he knew the argument better than anyone he would ever come in contact with. He knew the arguments that would come his way better than the ones that were arguing. He had been there, experienced religion. But now something had happened in his life. It was not religion. He had a relationship. He didn't confer with man when they called him. He knew God has called me. He knew that. We cannot give up on people, regardless of male or female. And again, let me just stop right here. There are only male and female in life. Everybody's celebrating transgender. I don't celebrate it at all. I'm not going to celebrate sin. There is man and woman. You are, you are determined in your mother's womb from birth. You are determined by God what it will be. It is determined when you emerge from the womb. So he had been there and he'd experienced it all. But we can't give up on people if they wander away from the Lord. It's the business of the Holy Spirit to draw and convict men and women. Still is. How? Through the preaching of the gospel. Not through your condemning. Not through your finger pointing. Not through your throwing rocks. It's from preaching the gospel and loving as Christ loves and submitting yourself to the, to the will and the plan of the Father and allowing Him to speak through you. You may plant or you may water or you may see the increase come, but we still do the same thing. It's still the same process. It don't change. How quickly Paul, Saul of Tarsus, went from threatening to kill in the name of religion to willing to die for his Savior. He was reduced from high and lofty. He was looked at. He was, he was revered. He was respected in the religious sect of people. But then he went to a life of, of trembling in astonishment in a moment. And he said this, Lord, what will you have me to do? I've done it all, Lord. I've done everything, but now I want to know what will you have me to do? What will you have me to do? Lord, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? What do you want me to sing? What do you want me to say? Where do you want me to work? Do you know that every decision you make in life is important? Do I buy this? Do I not buy this? I bought things that I didn't need to buy, and we pay for it dearly. I made stupid decisions with money when I thought that it was a good decision based off of a feeling, and he, he didn't want me to have that, that $300 softball bat. Hallelujah, Jesus. Summer, if she could shout, she'd be shouting right now. I ain't bought one in a long time. If y'all saw me hit a softball now, you'd probably say, Dear Lord Jesus, what happened to this guy? But we do things without asking the Lord based off of feelings. Sometimes we, we involve ourselves in things that are in church and good things, things in ministry that are good things, and we didn't really ask the Lord, did you really want me to do this? I can guarantee you this, he does want you to glorify his name, he does want you to share the gospel, he does want you to witness, but in what aspect and how is up to him, and it's up to you to follow that. 
So he went from this lofty position to now trembling and astonishment, and he was being used by the Lord because he asked the question, Lord, what will you have me to do? And that's how quickly God can change a situation. The devil works subtly, God works suddenly. The devil works subtly, God works suddenly. You may have, you could have come in this place today wondering, confused, or maybe not confused, but just kind of in a, in a, a, a limbo in life of wondering what's going to take place. And can I ask you, instead of asking the banker, asking the lawyer, asking the financial investor, asking the youth pastor, or asking the pastor, or asking your husband or wife or your friends at work, if you'll ask the Lord, I can promise you, He'll show you the way. He will. He will show you the way. So we, he changes the situation. The Judaizers professed reverence to tradition. And they did it in the name of their fathers. They prided themselves in their name, Pharisee, which means separated. They, they insisted that God had separated them from the beginning and revealed, to, revealed His law to Israel. We know it better than anything else. And we pride ourselves in that. We've got a lot of pharisaical believers. <laughs> I said last week, and, and, and maybe one day the Lord allowed me to preach a message entitled The Sadducees Seat. We've got a lot of people sitting in the court ready to judge and throw rocks and to make their own decisions based off of what they think is right. Can I tell you this? That God will use you in ways that you just can't explain. That will ruffle people's feathers. That will just think, well, this can't be done. And you just watch him work. Paul made known that, that he too had been separated from his mother's womb like the prophets. He had, and revealed in him something better than law. Revealed to him Jesus Christ. And he would, guess what he would do? Preach it. He would preach the word. He would proclaim the gospel. He would not only preach, but he would show Go to Acts 20 and verse 20. You, you know this. We, we talked about this a year ago. He, he withheld nothing that was profitable to anybody. How many of us are withholding something that's profitable? If you're withholding Jesus, you're withholding the most profitable thing to mankind. We'll be, we'll be quick to ask people about their day. How are you doing? Well, if you care or not, that's just a common courtesy in the South. We just ask people, how are you doing? Not, not that you really have an interest. And then when they really tell you how you're doing, you're like, man, I shouldn't ask that question. But if we're withholding, if we're trying to solve their problems, if they have one, or if we're rejoicing because they just, they just hit the lottery, whatever, I don't know. But if we're withholding Jesus, there's a big problem. So listen to what Martin Luther, Martin Luther wrote this of himself. He was a former Roman Catholic priest, but was converted. And then he was speaking of Paul. And he said this, I did not deserve it, for my zeal in the law led me to abominable and outrageous sins. I persecuted the church of God and was an, was an enemy to Christ. I blasphemed his gospel and was the author of shedding much innocent blood. In the midst of this outrage, I was called to such glorious grace. What? Because of his outrage? No, because of the grace of God. But the abundant grace, but the abundant grace of God who called me and shows mercy to whom we or he will. Then Martin Luther wrote this of him very self. I crucified Christ daily. 
How? In my monkish lifestyle and blaspheme God through my false faith, wherein then I then live continually. Outwardly, I was not as other people, extortioners, unjust, whoremongers, for I kept chastity, poverty, and obedience. Moreover, I was free from the cares of this life. I fostered under the cloak of holiness and trust in my own righteousness, continual mistrust, doubtfulness, fear, hatred, and blasphemy against God. And this my righteousness was nothing but a filthy puddle, the very kingdom of the devil. Satan loves such saints and accounts them as his dear darlings who destroy their own souls and bodies and deprave themselves of all blessings of God's gifts. We got a lot of people hiding behind the cloak or robe of righteousness. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of uh, like we have learned to, to just dress the part and hide everything. We don't do certain things. We do all the right things, but we're the devil's playground because we're just a filthy puddle. Because we're full of self-righteousness. In fact, you know the Bible tells us that the self-righteousness, that's just counted to him as a filthy rag. It's nasty. That's who we are in ourselves. So how does God use us? And why would he use us? Because he desires to and he loves you. But you got to get rid of you. This is why Christ said the very first thing when he was calling the disciples to deny yourself. Because yourself is full of malice, hatred, rage, prejudice, uh, whatever, whatever other things you want to throw out there. That's who we are in ourselves. Well, brother, no, I'm not. I'm a good person. That tells me that you're full of pride and you still need to deny self. Such saints are bond slaves of Satan and are driven to speak and think that they can do whatever they want because I got free will. I can do it. Really? Did the Lord tell you? Outwardly, so many seem to excel far beyond others. They seem like they're advancing. They seem like the Lord is blessing them far greater than He is you, and He's using them in a greater capacity than you. And you don't know why. Lord, I've sought you daily. I want to do this. I want to do this. Why do you want to? It's not the what. It's why. It's the motive. I can't judge your motive. God knows that. He knows our hearts. Why do you desire to do this? So we feel, so many feel insufficient, and and the fact of the matter is all of us are actually insufficient, and none of us are qualified to preach, teach, to live out, to witness this glorious gospel. The only thing that qualifies us is what covers us, the blood of Jesus Christ. So many are found in torment because they are bound by law and not freed by grace. What law? The law that, that, that they have set for themselves, whatever that may be. So many feel a draw to ministry, and, and no doubt we should be compelled to witness, to speak, to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there are also those that are desiring to be used in the ministry or, or drawn to the ministry because of the good that comes from it. And there is good. But listen to the last five words of verse 15. This is Paul speaking, called me by His grace. It's it's not who you are, 
It's, it's not your family lineage, the roots of your history. It's by God's grace that we are all called. Well, I don't have a family heritage such as yourself, uh, Jason. Well, you know what? That family heritage didn't qualify me, and he didn't call me because my last name's Collins. He called me by his grace the same way that he called Paul because I was no better or no worse than he. Every one of us without Christ are in the same boat, a boat headed to an eternal hell. And Jesus Christ, God Almighty himself, is calling all of us the same way by his grace. When God's called you, He's called you. Regardless of what many, or, or, or yeah, they'll think it. No, He didn't. He couldn't, he couldn't use you. Brother, no way. I saw you in lockup or whatever. I don't know. I despise those, those magazines, those papers that the, the sheriff's department puts out. And a lot of people think, well, I think it's funny. It's not funny. It's not funny to make money off of people's dumb decisions. And to embarrass them any worse than they already are. You know what? I ain't never been in there, praise God. I know people who have been in there. And I don't think it's funny at all. And we laugh. The Lord God Almighty will never, never destroy you. He's calling you to get you out of that mess. To pull you away from that stuff. And even if people want to bring up your past, tell them that guy's dead, that woman's dead. I am alive in Christ. During war, uh, people will receive wounds. They'll receive scars. And, 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 and they'll even look different. But in, in Romans 12 and verse 2, we, we, uh, we read that we're not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We don't have to prove anything because it's already been proven, but we allow the Holy Spirit to live in our lives, and people will see the transformation that has taken place in you because you're not subject no more or controlled by the ways or means or the look of the world any longer. But just because you receive battle scars in life, maybe you were in a physical war, I don't know, but I'm just talking about life in general or, or, or those things that come along with it does not mean that the Lord will not transform you. I have a scar on my right arm. It'll be there till I die. Third degree burn from a motorcycle wreck. It come from a skin graft. It ain't going nowhere. It's going to be there. I can tell the story anytime anybody asks, but guess what? God don't look at this. If it be a, a physical thing that I've done or caused something, those things will follow you the rest of your life. But guess what? God can use those for His glory. I want to be clear that church folk, or two church folks, He works, the enemy works from the inside out, but so does God. <laughs> most of your persecution, most of your uh, uh, fight, most of your whatever you want to call it, riffs, come from the inside out. But God changes us from the inside out. Hallelujah. We believers try to change people from the outside in. That's not transformation. That's being conformed. We, we will we'll quote, we'll shout, we'll scream Romans 12 2 all day long, but we won't live it most of the time when it comes to being people being used. 
We want them to conform to the church look. What? I don't know what that church look is. I'm going to tell you right now, if it, were, if, if it is up to me, but I, I, I dress this way as, 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 a, as a nice as I can, or Summer will lay out for me. If it were up to me, man, I would be most time. I, I, uh, I think it was Kim Munson the other day. She told me, I, I had never seen you in casual, I think it was casual clothes or something. I don't know what it was. Because I had cowboy boots, blue jeans, a t-shirt, and a hat on. I said, this is 99% of the time right here. This is me. But God will use you, anybody, anyhow, anyway, if you make yourself available to him. So the Lord works from the inside out. So does the enemy. Don't allow him any footstool. Don't allow him one step. Don't allow him any room. Robert Kratzer, I think I'm saying his name right, posted a, uh, something on Facebook the other day, and it was so good, it says, gossip stops when it hits a wise man's ear. And I responded, we need more wise people with ears. <laughs> it's true that you, you, you can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. That's what the scripture tells us. Matthew 7 and 16, you shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And in Luke 6 and 44 it says, For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a, a bramble bush gather they grapes. That's true. But we're not to judge people by what they look like. We're trying to judge fruit based off of what we see their physical stature, I guess, look like. We're called by His grace and His grace alone. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Like He did with Paul, He wants to reveal Himself to you. He, he didn't call me to pastor so that my name could be on a faded sign. We've got to get a new sign, church folks. It looks bad. That's a terrible representation of who we are. I thought the other day when I rode by, dear God, if I didn't go there, I'd think, man, I don't want to go to that church. Look at that sign. It's faded, wore out. That's what that church folk must be. <laughs> We're alive and well in Christ, but our sign says we're struggling. Uh, we, we, we've been sunburned and sunfaded. We need a new sign. Uh, church council, uh, I, we're voting right now. We're getting a new sign. Hallelujah, Jesus. There we go. Uh, Y'all can text me later if you don't like that, but um, there's my vote. <laughs> Anyway, Lord, how did I get off on that? But we're called by Him. We're called to, to, to allow Him to reveal Himself to us. What we have struggled with, people have struggled with, especially new converts, is where can I fit in? What, part, what, what, what ministry can I be involved with? And we're looking to get involved with things instead of getting involved with Him. And when we're involved with Him, and He's revealing Himself to us, and He will continually do that, you will know exactly where you need to be involved with, or what with. I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord has never placed in my heart one ounce of desire to keep the nursery. Watch Him call me. Oh, Lord Jesus. Terrence, you're going to preach next Sunday. I've got to keep nursery. <laughs> Lord, please have mercy on me. But we're trying to see what can we be involved with. We, we would say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. 
But we try to place our desire and, and we, we're trying to make that be his will for our life. I, I had no desire to pastor a church. Thank God that he called me, but I had no desire to do it. I didn't, truth be known, and you may think this is crazy, I, Summer is the outgoing one and I'm the quiet one. I'm good sitting in a room by myself for three days and not talking to anybody. I just, it don't bother me at all. And it don't mean that I don't like you or I hate you or I have no desire to communicate. That's just me. Noah's the same way. But, but the Lord uses us in a capacity that we would never think. So when we, we've had an experience, you don't need man to validate you for what the Lord has called you to do. You, you have the Almighty God who has already spoken to you. I'm a part of this group somehow. And uh, I'm not going to mention the name of the group, but it's full of ministers. And it was a thread, and they were talking about the importance of studying the words to pronounce them correctly. <laughs> I, I butcher it every time. I try. I think it's because it's a British person telling me how to pronounce Southern, and it just ain't working. Because they don't know how to pronounce Southern. And, and so when they need to make a Southern, if Google people watch this, I don't know if you do or not, but if you do, make a Southern person pronounce words in Southern style. And then I'll know how to say Habakkuk or Habakkuk. But we've lost focus, and that's important. I got that. I understand that. But sometimes we'll make that such a significant thing in our life We'll get caught up on how to pronounce a name and forgot what we were supposed to deliver. I just skip right over sometimes. Y'all read it. You say how you want to say it. Is it Abigail or Abigail? I don't care how you want to say it. That's up to you. That's your business. But God knows. So I can't, nor can you question the call that's in someone's life but you can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. We've had people come to us and tell that they felt called to do whatever it may be. I, I, I use, and I know she wouldn't get mad at me, uh, when, when James was alive, Connie and James come into our office when it's up front, and they say, we need to meet with you. Okay, come on in. And welcome in, Bailey family. And we, we, we were sitting there talking, and they were talking about uh, wanting to, to uh, do the, the wrestling stuff and using it as a ministry and all that stuff, and we said, praise God for that. Do it! Because <laughs> I don't know nothing about wrestling. And, and y'all want to do that? Go for it! And it wasn't, we didn't doubt the Lord spoke to them or, or had that desire, then James, uh, we know James, the cancer came back, and, 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 and God decided finally to take James home, but that desire and burn was there, and, and we encouraged them to do that. Go for it. Terrence and Melissa, we, we talked to them, and they felt led to change the name of, of Crossover Youth Ministry to One Way Ministry. And we was like, we threw water. Like, no, we, we chose that. And they know we didn't. Praise God. Go for it. Uh, the, Jason, when we first got here, he, the, the, I don't know if you already had that name, but he came up with a men ministry name, and praise God, go for it. And, and the women's ministry, go for it. And, and all of these things. And Robert, who would present to, uh, 
And Robert's organizing. He, he gives me these pamphlets of stuff, and it's, it's binded perfectly, and it's beautiful because Lynn did it, and I know Robert didn't. And, and he gives this stuff to me, and I read it, and I'm like, God, praise God, go for it. If that's what the Lord's called you to do, take off, go for it. Hallelujah. I'm not called to do that. I'm called to pastor the church, and I will encourage you to do it, but praise God for that. They, uh, Ashley and, or Israel and Ashley, that, that draw, that, 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 that feeling, that, that, that they're compelled to, to reach out and to be involved with outreach. Praise God for that. Go for it. You, the Lord will use anyone and everyone if they'll ask this question that Paul asked, Lord, what will you have me to do? Here's what he wants to do to you personally in you to reveal his son. To you. Well, I'm a believer. He'll reveal them even more. To make Christ known. Here's why. To make Christ known to the world. In and through, uh, through you. Just as he did the conversion of Paul. Also, uh, also wants uh, their, their own personal illumination, if you will. In Matthew 5, 13-16, it talks about salt and light. And I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, Jesse Waltrip can explain this on a level that I have never even thought of because I'm not that intelligent but salt and light we are salt and light of the earth why because Christ is in us he will shine through you it ain't us it's him in us when one is saved they're saved from death a life of misery and no doubt they're changed why if you look at the rest of verse 16 in chapter 1 here is why the the the, the purpose why, the, the, why he desires to reveal Christ in you that I might preach him among the heathen. Woo, that's deep, huh? Ta-da! If we, if we, I wish we could make like, we probably can, I just don't know how. Like the things go, the blinkers, like, like you won. This is, this, is, this is good stuff. You need to underline, highlight this, that I might... It's personal. You need to re recite this or, or remember or whatever you call it, that I might preach him among the heathen. Well, brother, I ain't a preacher. Yes, you are. You might not be a pastor, but you're a proclaimer of the gospel. You should be. Who's the heathen? Anybody without Christ. Anybody. Don't, I mean, you don't have to call them a heathen. Brother, I come to preach to you. You a heathen. <laughs> Okay, lay it on me. No, I mean, this is why. It's, it's, this is important for us to join together, to, to encourage one another, to, to, to strengthen one another, to let the iron sharpen the iron. We got all that, but we like to preach to each other all the time. And in essence, to the choir, we're to preach also to other people. And it don't have to, and listen, Use words if you have to. Hear me. Use words if you have to. What do you mean? They'll see the transformation in your life. They'll be drawn to the light that's in you, which is Christ. They'll be drawn to that. What's going on with you? What, what has taken place in your life? I mean, you ain't cussing me out no more. You're just smiling at me. What happened? <laughs> I got saved. <laughs> 
I got saved. I don't really know what happened. I just, I got saved and I'm learning that, that He desires to continue to reveal His Son in me and that I'm excited to tell you, you don't have to live that way. You can be changed too. See, no, nothing else should be entertained other than sharing the gospel. Nothing else should be entertained. This idea that the gospel is outdated or is not relative or relevant stems from the people that have never had a personal revelation in their life. Because they're concerned with how it looks, the presentation, and the experience that you have, the goosebump that I can give you, instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to them and change them and understand that we are all in need of the Savior. Because the preaching is power. The word says power unto us which are saved. The preaching of the cross. It's foolishness as those that don't know him, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Paul did not seek the opinions of others. He didn't go to get there to sit. He knew I have been made new. I'm thankful that I have people I can call and talk to about situations. Because it don't matter what Bible college you go to, what Bible college you may graduate. It don't matter if you have one of them fancy licenses like I got in my pocket that uses to get frost off the windshield. It don't matter. It don't prepare you to pastor. And so when something comes up that you ain't never dealt with, you know, I know. Well, God will place people and surround you with people that are wise. We seek godly counsel and, and wisdom from people that God has placed in your life. I'm not talking about that. But when God has called you to something, you've got to know he's called you to it. You don't need somebody else's two cents because a lot of times they'll try to talk you out of it. In fact, we were talking to some friends of ours last night, and I understand why Brother Morrison, our pastor uh, growing up, he would try to talk anyone that felt called to pastor out of being a pastor. I'm like, man, that's terrible. Why? Now I know why. And if you, t if you come to us and you say that you feel like you're called to be a pastor, I can promise you we'll try to talk you out of it. And if we can't, praise God, go for it. I'm not painting a bad picture. There's just a whole, you just don't know until you do it. Terrence, you thought you might have had a great idea what it was like to be a youth pastor because you, you come fresh out of Bible college, ready to preach the house down, and then all of a sudden you're faced with all kinds of craziness. And you're like, whew. This it just don't stop. Monday's coming. It ain't going to stop. Saturday's coming. It still don't stop. People still alive and people still need to, to they got to, they got to, what's going on? It's just there. But guess what? God gives the measure of grace to those that he's called to do whatever it may be. So this glorious gospel is not invented, but it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. There, there are many people who, who talk themselves out of following what God's led them to do. If, if you know anything about us, if you've been here for the last eight years, you've got to know this. We don't talk about a whole lot for too long. We say we're going to do it, we're just going to do it. Because a lot of times we get suckered into talking ourselves out of whatever it may be. If we, if we need something, people are probably wondering why we've we got a keyboard up here and not this... Uh, piano, it's because we also live stream services and you can never hear the piano and it takes up a lot of room and we need more room up here just in case you hadn't been here. We have a small orchestra and we, we want the Lord to send more so we need room. That's why. 
But if we talk about it until we just talk about it and then we talk about it again, it'll just sit there and nothing will ever happen. And a lot of times we just never, we get stuck in the same routine because we're terrified of change. Something else you should know about us, we're not scared of change. Because y'all have left and come back and it's a different color wall and, and then you got these boards on the wall and all of a sudden the drum room is a baptistry and, and we've got wood back there instead of black egg crate. What's going on in this place? Change. The Lord desires to change us. Us. Every single day. Why? To reveal Himself to you because His mercies are new every morning. I got time. That spaghetti ain't ready yet. I can't smell garlic. We're going to keep on preaching. I told Terrence, I said, man, we might be praying for people tonight. And they fall out and it ain't going to be from the spirit, from the garlic bread. But we're not. We're going to brush our teeth before tonight. I promise you that. Listen, if you talk to men, they'll tell you that you can't. But if you seek the Lord, he'll show you the way. Because he already told you you can we're looking for a, I, I, oh, yes, you can. No, I've already told you you can. Why are you doubting me? Why are you questioning me? If you'll ask me to show you the way, I'll make it plain and clear. I had to get out of the way for the Lord to show me the way. I was in his way because I was looking to man to validate the call. I knew I was called to pastor when I was 19 years old. I didn't accept that call until I was about 31-ish. And then all I want to do was, what, Lord, I want to pastor. So we went through the whole rigorous hoops and loops and jump ropes, and there was no pot at the end of the rainbow, all the licensing process, and got asked all the dumb questions that they ask you, and I thought, man, this is terrible. I don't want to do it. And then I finally came to the end of myself, the end of my pride. Lord, what will you have me to do? Where will you have me to do it? How will it come? How will it happen? And in the midst of all of that, in the surrendering to the Lord, a phone call out of the nowhere came, and the Lord presented the way. After three years of preaching the gospel, Paul goes to Jerusalem to see Peter. One uh, whom shared many traits with Paul, bold and zealous and knowledgeable. But something miraculous happened when they met. Peter, a disciple, meets this Paul, the apostle. But again, I find it uh, miraculous what happened when they met. No doubt did the Holy Spirit in, in, in arrange this encounter. No doubt did he allow for them two to come into to contact and, and to meet face to face. What happened was position was pushed aside. See, a lot of us, I remember growing up, I was terrified to talk to the pastor. I was like, I remember the first time we were invited to have lunch with our pastor brother, Sister Morris. I didn't know what we I'd never had lunch with a pastor other than my parents. And my parents were just goons like myself, so I, it was just normal. But I didn't know what the, I was like, man, I was trying to memorize Bible verses, and I was going to talk, we were going to talk about the woman at the well, and all this stuff, and we sat down, he said, he said, you like butter on your, on your crackers? I said, what? You never put butter, he called it butter, butter on your crackers? I said, no, this is awesome, this is glorious. But I found out, he's a real person who loves the Lord, and it was full of zeal. And he taught us more about ministry than we ever knew. 
And he never said a word to us about it. And people are watching us to learn about Jesus. And we don't have to just preach. We just live it in front of them. But position was pushed aside. Pride was pushed down. Titles were thrown out. And Jesus was lifted up. Hallelujah. Matt spoke at a men's meeting several years ago, and he's talking about that. And I, I guess Matt's got all kinds of titles. I don't know what those follow his name at work. And everybody at Duke Energy has 12 titles. I, I don't, it makes them feel important. Uh, but he was talking about it didn't matter. He, like, he did the whole meeting, and he was, he was the man. You know, I'm a, he had the gavel. He walked in, meeting's in session or whatever. I don't know. All these people went around, named their names, their titles, and all this stuff. He's like, hey, I'm Matt. He was like, <laughs> titles don't matter who cares it, 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 don't, it don't matter what matters is Christ what matters is that we're proclaiming and promoting Jesus Christ I, 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 Tuesday night at, at 9 something our time I'm speaking to a, uh, uh, the, the um, Gideon convention and, and they asked me to write a bio and I'm like I don't need, I was like, I don't really, I've never written a bio. Uh, I'm, I'm 43, overweight, balding, uh, I need some uh, dental implants, and uh, my feet hurt. I don't. But praise God, I'm called to preach the gospel. <laughs> so I had Hope read it, I was like, Hope, I don't know if this, I don't even know. You're smarter in this area than I am. Does it sound good? She's like, yeah, it's good. I was like, okay, here we go. No, titles don't matter. Who cares? Praise God for the, the opportunities he's presented. I mean, it's been absolutely phenomenal that he's allowed us to preach the gospel literally around the world through, through Brother Swagger, their broadcast. And that, 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 praise God for that. But none of that, listen, what is important is that they see Christ in you every single day. While you flipping tractor tires down there at the... Do y'all flip tractor tires, Ashton? Oh, yeah. I can't. I, I, can I start with the front ones if I come? <laughs> I don't want to start with the back tire. <laughs> Brother, long, a, long, a Toro long tractor is what I want to start with. <laughs> the little tire. <laughs> you be flipping it like this. <laughs> but can, will they see Christ in you? So. Position was pushed aside. Titles didn't matter. What matters? They were lifting up Jesus Christ. The same one that told Peter to deny himself and, and follow him. The same one that called uh, Saul of Tarsus to, and changed not only who he was inside, but literally changed his name. We sing the song, there's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine? Yes, it's mine. Don't count them out. Don't look down on the exterior or, power or their past, but allow the Holy Spirit to work and let your spirit bear witness. We're to preach Christ. We're to preach Jesus, not our opinion, not our thought, but preach Christ in Him crucified. He wrote, verse 20, Now these things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. I ain't kidding. That's when you know it's serious. In the South, when people say, I ain't kidding, it's serious. I ain't kidding you. 
This is, this is serious stuff. I lie not. I'm telling you the truth. I lie not. The Galatians understood the legal significance of this statement. He used this to assure the correctness of his position. I, Paul, I am, I am who I say I am. He used this phrase to emphasize that the Judaizers had lied about him. I know what they're telling you. I know you don't know my face. I know what you heard. But I'm telling you they're liars. I'm telling you the truth. This is who I am. And this is why. This gospel, salvation by grace alone, was the only true and is the only true gospel. He held what he said to the highest standard. And that standard was God. Let not your opinion be preached, but preach the truth. Preach the truth. What an example of God's salvation and life-changing grace. Saul, the former persecutor of the church, now Paul is preaching the, the faith. The struggle between uh, the early church was faith and works. The struggle between the church now is faith and works. It hasn't changed. It's faith and faith alone. Works cannot be added to a finished work. So why are you telling me this? If you're talking about, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. I'm telling you, he will use you, but you've got to preach him. Verse 20 needs to be said about us. Let it ever be said about us. They glorified God in me. Or 24, not 20, sorry. They glorified God in me. They weren't glorifying Paul, but they were glorifying God in Paul, the Christ that was in him. They're drawn to the Christ that's in you. What are people getting from you? It's not you. Again, they're drawn to you. You read John 15, 1 through 5, and it talks about he's divine. I'm not going to read all that for time's sake. He's divine with the branches. And you get on to verse 5, we can do nothing without him. We've got to abide in Him, and He abides in us. We're the temple of God. He dwells in us. He called you by His grace, and guess what? He's still calling you. I done said yes to Jesus. He's still calling you. He's still calling you. And I, I cannot fathom, I cannot understand why we would walk into a house of worship and leave carrying the garbage we brought in. I so meant this morning, and I forgot. Because Summer was, hey, it's seven something. Usually I'm up by four. I don't know. I just always gone. It's seven o'clock, something o'clock. I was like, oh, I gotta hurry. But I meant to bring some suitcases. <laughs> well, why would you want to bring suitcases? There's a beauty when God calls us. And there, there, there's, there's something that He takes from us that baggage, that junk. But a lot of us treat him like the airport. There's no round trip. It's one way. But there's no baggage claim. There's a, there's a drop off, but there's no baggage claim. And a lot of us are standing in the wrong department because we're waiting for the old man to come back around the belt and we'll just pick him up and take him again. There's no baggage claim. Leave your junk. This don't sound right, does it? God Almighty, the creator of it all, who spoke creation into existence, who gave his only son so that you and I could have eternal life, so that we could live abundantly, is willing to take our junk 
and give you his best. That'd be like me hooking up the old ranger down there in the woods that's just garbage and taking it and trading it in and leaving a lot with zero money down and zero money owed with a brand new truck. You do that all day. Bro, I'm in. No interest. No, no, nothing. I'm in. I'm all, you'd be hauling all kinds of junk out of the woods. Taking it and getting it. This is, listen, but God offers the same thing. And we don't do it. You might be in the worst situation ever. You may have uh, to make a difficult decision. But why would you leave carrying what you brought in? Well, he can't, you, don't, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know. He already knows. And he's still calling you. <coughs> he's still calling you. As a... Uh, uh, Musicians, we're, we're limited this morning. Come. I took a very simple survey the other day. And there was a reason for it. I didn't really want to know what your favorite color was because I'm not going to remember. I asked that simple question, what is your favorite color? And I took the first hundred answers. And I wrote them down. 28% of the people's favorite color was blue. 9% of those people were red. I am one of the nine. 4% were orange. 1% was silver. 17% were purple. Or if they got a thing for dark purple. Three percent were black, one percent was white, one percent was mauve, eleven percent was green, eight percent was yellow, ten percent was pink, two percent was burnt orange. I remember that Matt was one of those. One percent was aqua, aqua, not aqua, aqua, and one percent teal. I think those are kind of close. Three percent was gray, one percent was camouflage, and that's my good friend I grew up with. And I don't know what in the world color Zafira is. But the 1% is playing the bass. What's his? I had to be a painter that knew that. But why did I do this? Why did I ask this question? In that, when nobody argued their favorite color. They, Avon didn't say he had a thing for blue. Or, or, or once was, was it blue or red? Used to be red, but now he's got a thing for dark purple. Does Braley like dark purple? Whatever. But anyway, or, or Matt didn't put a, a burnt orange. I'm like, well, why not like tangerine orange? Nobody argued their favorite color, and nobody argued with whoever had that favorite color. And nobody said, you're not allowed to like blue. A hundred answers and a lot of, or a hundred uh, comments or a hundred or so comments, a lot of different answers, but nobody spent time arguing that you had a favorite color because we were all allowed to like what we wanted. And the beauty of this is God still don't take your individuality away, that you're still allowed to like blue and he'll use you. You're still allowed to like Zephira. Huh? Zephira. That's my favorite color now. Sounds way better than red. <laughs> Zafira. But God will still use you. But will you ask Him, Lord, what will you have me to do? 
Or will you submit yourself to him and say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. However, whenever, and wherever you want, I just want to be available to you. Use all my quirks and all the, 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 the hang-ups and all the, the weird weirdness about me, Lord. I don't know how you would use it for your glory, but I'm giving it all to you. I'm bringing the baggage, and I'm laying it down at the baggage uh, the drop-off, and I don't want to ever pick it back up. Lord, and I want you to take me and to mold me and make me whatever you want me to be. I just want to be used for your glory. I want you to stand in this place this morning. If there's a need in your life, we'll gladly pray with you. But I'm going to ask you to do something if you feel comfortable. If that's your cry, if that's your heart, if you're willing, Lord, use me. I want you to step out and take a step toward the altars. If you're comfortable, if not, stay there. Lift your hands and let them do so. But I'm telling you this morning, he's here. If you need to drop some baggage off, drop it off. And don't pick it up. It don't matter where you've been, who you are, how well you can speak or a lack thereof. God will use you if you'll make yourself available. So this morning as James sings, I want you to respond and let him begin to change you and speak to you and take those things from your life. Go ahead and sing.
whatever the Lord's placed in your heart. I can tell you from personal experience, it's scary. It's the unknown sometimes are terrified. But you trust it. If if I would have ran from the, the, the path the Lord laid out very clearly for me, I think about often what it would affect, how it would affect. And I think about my kids and people that I didn't even know eight years ago that now are just family. I got a daughter-in-law and a little baby, little grandson getting ready to be born. How, when we are obedient to what the Lord places in our life and we follow, not only it affects you, but it affects other people as well. And the Lord uses you. Would have never been at Lincoln playing soccer and met this lovely family, the Jimenez family. That's such a cool last name, way cooler than Collins. But the Lord places you. In, in positions and places for a specific reason and you follow what he's called you to do and I can promise you this the Lord ha- is and will continue to call you and to draw you and it's only by his grace not by, not by your abilities he'll use those but by his grace we're getting ready to embark on an adventure that Lakeside has never been in on. <laughs> Y'all probably, oh Lord Jesus. Nah, the church is rolling. It's going mobile. And everybody won't take part in that. But you will take part. Even if you're not physically there, you're praying. You're, you're, you're giving, you're, you're whatever it may be. You're there in a way. You're involved. But the Lord is, is, is gracious and the gospel is going to be taken to wherever and however. We've said it from day one. We are committed to take the gospel as far as he will allow. He's allowed it to literally travel around the world. And now he's allowing it to, to go mobile physically to locations. And guess what? We're still committed. We're still sold out. We're still in 100% because he's still calling us by his grace. So I say it all the time, we need you. You're a part of this family. And we work together for one purpose, for one reason, to take one gospel and to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and to see you guys grow in your walk with the Lord. Today I encourage you also, if you haven't made plans or if you made plans, you can cancel those, cancel them because we got food ready for you. I know it might not be the most glamorous. It's not filet mignon. But you can pretend. <laughs> Them noodles are soft. <laughs> or that spaghetti sauce has got it in it. I don't know. But anyway, uh, there's desserts back there. There's one particular cake on a green cake plate that's probably not any good. So I would, I would try it if I were you guys. Um, of course, I am lying. And I should not lie in church. It is delicious. God forgive me. But if y'all could save one piece for me, I would greatly appreciate it. But I'm going to bless the food. It's donation. If you, I don't got nothing, listen, it's donation. Give. 
If you want to give a lot, give a lot. If you ain't got a lot to give, then just go eat. It's back there. I don't want to take 12 pounds of spaghetti home, I promise. We, me, uh, our family in the Marcos, they're going to have a spaghetti party tomorrow down there. So eat it all. But just make your way to the back. It's there. It's ready. And uh, stay with us. It's a good time to uh, fellowship with one another. It's hard to get to know each other in here. But it's a good time to fellowship and, and uh, break bread together and uh, love on one another. Lord, I praise you for this day. Thank you for your glorious grace. Thank you for that grace that's still calling us. Lord, that equipping grace. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and I just pray that you continue to move in this place and have your way. Lord, that Lakeside Church would be a visible influence in this community, not to glorify or magnify any name but your name. Lord, that you would continue to send people in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord. How many ever, Lord, you know that, and, and I pray that you continue to send them. Lord, let us preach your word with unwavering, uh, preach it unwavering, Lord, and let us stand firm on the foundation that you've given us. God, I pray that you would bless those that are here physically, those that are here by uh, internet or, or, or live stream, that you would make your presence known in their place, Lord, that you would strengthen them, lead them, continue to open doors and prepare platforms for them, Lord, that they would walk in that calling. Lord, we honor you today. I pray that you bless the food we're going to eat. Lord, I would just give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you're wondering why we're doing this, this money, every penny goes toward the offset of family camp. This year, if you don't know, Lakeside is going to family camp in Brevard. It's going to be a glorious weekend, a good time, a ministry, a food and fellowship. But anyway, it's, is it ready, Summer? I'll make sure to tell you through. It's ready, so you guys can go eat. Oh, and it, and it costs about $40. <laughs>